0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Listen In Podcast. It's episode 155. Jake and Sean are back after a slight hiatus, a few-week hiatus. We hit the April lull. It's fine. We needed a little break. We needed to recharge, listen to some more music, yeah. bring back the hot, hot music takes for you all. April, we're back.
1: April showers bring May flowers, That's Sean. That's what they say. And there's never been an expression that applies more directly... Um, To what we've done with taking a break and now we're coming back in May. We're blooming in May. We've been
0: showered with some time off and now our takes are blooming out of the ground. I will say April showers turn into May flowers has never been more appropriate. I don't think it's been sunny in a fortnight.
1: We had like one day over the weekend that was nice. But yeah, it's been mostly pretty dreary. And I always
0: forget that about the spring. I'm always
1: like, oh no, 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 spring will be great,
0: Like the weather will be nice, it'll be bright, it'll be sunny. Oh no, no, no. It's still a little cold, it's windy, and it's fucking raining all the time.
1: Yeah, I am... May is one of the best months, though. May is excellent. Happy we're here. It's May 1st, May Day. Rabbit, rabbit. Rabbit, rabbit to you, Sean. That's right.
0: Well, we have a lot to get to this episode, Jake, so let's dive in with some news. When you take three weeks off... A lot of news piles up. There's some new album announcements. There's some new songs that have come out. Let's start off our news discussion. A new song from The National came out today, actually. Yeah. Very serendipitous for when we're coming back onto the podcast. See, we're right on it. We are. We We, we we, haven't lost a step. We know when to come back. It is when a new National song comes out. Yeah. Now, this new national song, it's the third single from I Am Easy to Find, which is coming out in just two weeks. Yeah, crazy. This single is called Hairpin Turns. Um, Now, I have to say, here's my take on it, Jake. This song, I think, was probably my least favorite of the three singles. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Um, the other two have actually grown on me a ton since they've come out. And I actually really like both of them.
1: So I have actively not listened to them very much since they came out. I, I haven't really either. I, 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 You Had Your Soul With You is the one yeah. I've listened to the most. I haven't listened to... My Ears is excellent. Haven't listened That's to... That's my a, favorite probably. Except maybe twice. Okay. So, and I barely remember was it. like five I, times. And I'm actually fine with that. Yeah. Um, on first reaction just in terms of like the first time or second time I listened to all of them this was my second favorite based on that after you had your soul with you okay um, and the video is pretty cool too I didn't get a chance to watch the video yet. oh okay so in the video it's just like each member of the band playing their respective instruments it's in black and white mm-hmm. and there's like a couple of the backup singers or the featured female singers who are on the track are in it um, it's cool it reminds me of a little bit with Matt Berninger's part of his the video in Bloodbuzz Ohio. Yeah. Where it's him kind of like dancing around a little bit. It's all of them just doing their thing. It's very simply shot. I enjoyed watching it. Nice. Um, just to see them all playing their thing. I Dude, I could watch um, the drummer fucking oh play all God. day, man. I know. He's so good. And like watching him do his thing yep. is really cool. So talented. Um,
0: yeah, I, I would say um, this one definitely kind of more of a, a slower tempo song. Reminds me of... Maybe a song like Hard to Find or yeah. Heaven Faced off Trouble Will Find Me. Or maybe some of the slower songs off Sleep Well Beast. Now, I think it's almost unfair to judge any of these singles on their own. Because national songs, as we know, they're you know they're a slow burn. They're almost always growers with the exception of some that just hit you right away. But I think all three of these singles will work better in the context of the album. And it's a 16-song album, too. It's going to be long. Like, I I don't think any of these singles are necessarily an indication of what the album will be like. And I I was on Reddit earlier, and there's some people who have seen live performances of this album already because they've been doing um, kind of, like, pre-warm-up shows for, like, their larger tour. They've been playing this album, the new album, in full live. And a lot of people were saying, like, yeah, Hairpin Turns is actually one of the lesser songs on this album from what I've heard. And there's some bigger like songs that will be among your favorite national songs on the rest of the record. So I, I, just a little food for thought. Yeah,
1: man. I, I couldn't be looking forward to it more. And I think it's really exciting that in the, the span of a couple weeks we're going to get... Double albums from Vampire Weekend and The National. I Not mean, to
0: mention Big Thief coming this week as well.
1: Holy shit, but like our, our 2010, 2011 selves are pretty excited right oh, now, too, man. Yeah, absolutely. On either side of this it's, decade, yeah. we're excited. It's true. Yeah. That,
0: that's a great sign. It's like, <laughs> would you, did you withstand the decade? Yeah. Vampire Weekend and The National have.
1: Did we got to see what this album is, this Father of the Bride album? Well,
0: I'm hearing good things. You are? Where um, Stereo mm-hmm. Gum did their premature evaluation of Father of the Bride and it was glowing. They said it's their magnum opus. Whoa! Yeah.
1: I, so, whoa.
0: very, very positive review uh, there at least. So we'll, Interesting. We'll see what the rest of the feedback is. Stereo Gun can sometimes go their own way on like, we're going to be ultra positive on certain things. They also gave the new Big Thief album of the week. Nice. So both of those are like Going hard.
1: Very excited. I I had a segue, Sean, to the next topic that I'm very proud of. And I rarely segue, so I'm I'm excited to do it. So two artists this week put videos out, Sean, with restrained... Oh my God. Black and white, tasteful... sort of imagery, and the first one was The National, the second, of course, was Taylor Swift with her new video from me, um, which was a paragon of restraint and, and this sparse production. This, this, this looked
0: like uh, Alfonso Coron's cinematography in Roma, just beautifully shot, everything considered, yeah. and just methodical, um, and of course, uh, we don't mean that at all. No, it's
1: opposite day on the listening in, podcast. In fact...
0: This was basically... It looked like a a commercial. It sounded like a commercial. This is art and music as a a product and as like an export for the rest of the world. And it's made to be either in a movie soundtrack or in a commercial.
1: I'm surprised that... Taylor Swift wasn't drinking a Coke or Pepsi in the I, movie. I can't, thing. a Diet Coke, is she, doesn't she love Diet Coke? She is probably she does. Is a,
0: a branding
1: for Diet Coke? Wouldn't surprise me at all, don't yeah. know and don't care, right. but wouldn't surprise me at all. This movie is like, uh, this movie, it's fitting that I would say Seriously. that. Because what I was going to say is that this song feels like, it's, it's astounding to me that it's not in a music video for an illumination studios like animated <laughs> it's a it's movie a great point. like despicable me 6 it's a great point where it's like it's all about Gru appreciating himself it's all about me well i mean
0: taylor did come out and say i have the power with a pop song to reach a large audience and i want that uh, i want that message to be positive
1: where i it's think it's not that positive No, it's kind of
0: like, yeah, I might be kind of crazy and a bitch, but I'm me, and there's no one else like me. It's like, that's a little, like, uh, Mm -hmm. kind of fucked up. I don't know.
1: I might be, like, manipulative (laughs) and crazy. And emotionally abusive. So, this this has not become, but has remained, a major theme in her music for albums upon albums now. Taylor
0: doesn't seem like she wants to do much personal growth
1: no it's like at what point is this message every single album a little bit like but just okay
0: shift it slightly because i feel like reputation was like i'm gonna be a bad bitch like i'm just gonna like i'm not gonna give any fucks and then this time she's like no 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 we need a positive message
1: but her version of positive is so skewed
0: her version of a positive message is like well i'm still gonna keep like the kind of manipulative caustic lyrics But also, I'm just gonna have a music video that has bright colors in it now and looks like a fucking Disney movie.
1: Yeah, I really, really didn't like the video. I mean, I thought there were some parts that were kind of cool, like when there were a couple like choreographed dance parts, like up on a stage, or like, but the part when they're in the street and they're just like literally melting into like cotton candy colors, (laughs) right? Way over the top.
0: Now, okay, so like um, in Star Wars: A New Hope, Obi Wan Kenobi, Ben Kenobi. Yep. Mentions Darth Vader's more machine than man at this point. <laughs> yep. Is Taylor
1: more brand than person at this point? I Is she I, more machine than man? If she releases an album of like all songs like this a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I would I think, think I so. Be, right? I mean, I think that she's I mean, she's so famous at this point. Um yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, yeah, sure the hook on the song is catchy and stuff, but it's just it's very
0: it's, it's undeniably vi- catchy.
1: It's catchy. It's vacant it's soulless, though. It's vacant. It's one hundred nothing behind it. One hundred percent. Yeah, feels like empty calories. It does. It does. And and it, it, and it feels like it,
0: you're eating a whole thing of cotton candy.
1: And Sean, on a serious music discussion podcast like ours, that just won't fly. <laughs> you know, that won't fly. We're here to be there. Absolutely right. We're here We're, to be the defenders. We are of, we of really music are. that matters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Jake. Honestly, though, speaking of music that matters, yeah, this next news item. New FKA Twigs album got announced, and a new song came out. Did you get a chance to listen to this song? I did one time. It's really good. It's very good. It's really good. I'm excited for this album. I kind of forgot how talented and just really fucking good FKA Twigs is.
1: Yeah, I always sort of think I won't like FKA Twigs because I remember when that first album came out, I was a little underwhelmed by it based on how much incredible praise it got. But I remember liking that EP she put out a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah I, I'm excited for it for sure go back and listen to that
0: first album I will you'll through the lens of just now of 2019 you'll be like oh fuck this was ahead of its time yeah this is actually pretty fucking genius yeah and you'll be like whoa I maybe missed something here because I went back oh. after this song I went back I was like whoa, whoa, whoa let, let's go back listen to LP1 and I was just I kind of floored so um, I 100%
1: Understand that it was almost definitely um, me. Not yeah, oh, album. dude, it
0: was 2014. We were well, early 20s. Yeah. You know what A are you gonna do? Different era. Uh, so new FKA Twigs coming. A couple other, few other new album announcements. Jake, new Danny Brown coming. Yeah, the follow-up to Atrocity Exhibition. Very exciting. Being produced by Q-Tip. Very excited for that. New Bruce Springsteen album is coming out as well. Being produced by Q-Tip. <laughs> <laughs> this one is called Western Stars. Um, I listened to the single. It got a best new track. That came out actually pretty good.
1: It was, yeah, it, it, it was like I it very it. very
0: solid. Can we can basically guarantee? Rolling Stone will give us five out of five stars.
1: Oh, there's zero. dude, if they they might unveil a sixth star. <laughs> six out of five. Yeah, they do it's a six <laughs> out of five.
0: Why, whereas like they'll give the new FKA Twigs, the National, and Danny Brown three and a half three and a out of five. Or fours. And then the last one, Jake, New Flying Lotus I'm album announced for this, man this list of collaborators. Yeah, you gotta read it to me because I haven't insane. seen it. Solange, George Clinton, Tierra Whack, Anderson Pac, Thundercat. Little Dragon, David Lynch involved with the with Whoa. the new video as well. Did you see this fucking music video? No, I didn't. I can't. I'm not even gonna attempt to describe it. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. I gotta watch it. It's insane. It, it you just be like. Wow, that was so Flying Lotus and David Lynch.
1: Because d- d- Flying Lotus actually directs movies and shit. He makes oh, all yeah. these weird, like yeah. horror movies. He did movies. Twin
0: Peaks, he did um and Drive. He did you no, know no, David
1: Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah, yeah, but no, but Flying Lotus actually is a director oh, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, he makes yeah, films yeah. Okay. and stuff. So I, I, I'm really excited, like with, with Flying Lotus, I loved you Your Dead, I loved Cosmogramma. Actually, it's been a while and until the Quiet Comes. It's been a while since he's put out an album. Uh twenty fourteen was was yeah. You're that's, dead. Yeah, that's true. I and I love that album when it came out. I, I I'm really excited. I love this guy's brand of like hip, like the production that he does, and just like the the, the beats and the sort of atmospheric approach. It's always a little experimental, a little jazzy here and there. It's always been, it's done a lot for me when I've listened in the
0: past. Uh, now I haven't um, gotten, gotten into Flying Lotus as much as you have. It's been kind of uh, tangential enjoyment, passing enjoyment. I'm excited. Italians. Yeah, Adalians, where you have been more involved and you've liked it a lot more. I'm excited for now to be like, all right, I think I'm ready for Flying Lotus. I th- I think I'm ready to like fully embrace. Yeah. Now, if I were to go back and listen to any Fly Low albums, um, which which is the one? Which one would you recommend
1: I start with? I, I would say maybe until the quiet comes or Cosmic Grandma. Okay. One of those. Okay. Probably until the quiet comes. I think. Um, Your Dead is awesome it's a little bit like of a concept album a bit but it's great Um, it it just is a little like it has more of a flow which is not always what you want with a first album to get into because I think it has like it's all loosely based on death not that it really matters Yeah. Um interesting. Yeah. No, but I, I definitely check it out in like I, I will. It's I, a it's on my
0: list for um It's good work music. Twenty tens albums to to revisit. Yeah. Um so it, it is on my list. Uh let's get into some hot thoughts, Jake. Yeah, ma'am. Um I figured the way that we could structure Hot Thoughts after our hiatus was to do just an April music recap. And we actually have some very nice categories that these new albums fit into. We have a folk rock category, we have a rap category, and then we just have a broad other category as well. Let's dive in with the folk rock albums first. We had Tallest Man on Earth with I Love You, It's a Fever Dream. We had Aldous Harding with Designer, and then we had a new Kevin Morby album called Oh My God. I have to say, I've enjoyed all three of these albums, albeit in pretty different ways yeah, despite a... the fact they all share the same DNA I think they're also despite the fact that you can label them all as folk rock albums yeah they're all pretty different in that
1: regard though they're very different yeah um I have... it's a, it, Okay, so I've had an interesting ride with this Tallest Man album. Let's start, I have too. Let's, let's start, start with, there. With Tallest Man because... Yeah. A favorite of ours. A favorite of ours, a long time... Now, this is interesting because... Friend you, of the pod. Christian Manson Big Matson. friend
0: of the pod. Big friend of the pod.
1: Big friend of the pod. Now,
0: you mentioned at the top of the episode, Jake, Vampire Weekend in The National have sustained across the decade. 2010 Jake and Sean... Just as excited for the National and Vampire Weekend as 2019, Jake and Sean. You could say the same about Tallest Man on Earth to a degree. Now, I don't think Tallest Man on Earth in 2019 is as exciting, gritty, compelling as 2010 Wild Hunt era Tallest Man on
1: Earth. Can we both agree on that? Yes. So my two thoughts are basically exactly that one. the, The production for Tallest Man, has followed a troubling trend for me Mm -hmm. over the albums, even though I've liked each of them. um, I've basically liked them decreasingly since The Wild Hunt. Now, The Wild Hunt and There's No Leaving Now are like essentially 1A, 1B for me. I still like The Wild Hunt a little better. I think the songs are a little stronger overall. But There's No Leaving Now has a very important place for me. The trend is the production has gotten cleaner and cleaner and a little bit more lifeless with each album. I think culminating with this one in a way where some of these songs feel a little devoid of life. Toothless. Yeah, toothless is a good way to put it. Um, and so when I say I've had an interesting road with this album, I mean that when I first listened to it a couple times, I was like, ah, I don't know about this. I don't know if I'm feeling it was really hung up on that aspect of it, the, the sort of the toothlessness of it. Had a week there, though, after I kind of had my first few listens where I was getting, I was pretty into it. And it was like, it was a good album to throw on at work. Mm-hmm. I was very into really like pretty much how mellow and kind of atmospheric mm-hmm. it was. And I liked his use of like harmonica and trumpet. And I still do like that. Um, but I gotta say, I went back to it today for the first time in a while and and wasn't overly compelled to finish it. Didn't feel like, I because I think the truth of the, the matter with this album is like for a lot of them, the songs aren't there totally. Uh, they're not. They're not. they're not.
0: Some of these, some of these melodies are rehashed from I think past tallest man albums. Um, I think a lot of the themes are very similar to what he's sung about or written about in the past. Less impactful now after we've heard them once, twice, three times in some cases. Look, I think I've actually had a, a similar trajectory where I started out. I was like, yeah, this is fine. It's pleasant enough, albeit a little boring. And then I had a little run where I was like, you know what? Tallest Man, I still love this guy. He can still write a good song. I Both went those back.
1: things are true they're, for
0: me. They can be, yes. And they're still true because I also went back today and I listened. And I can say, you know what? Songs like There's a Girl, What I've Been Kicking Around, I'm a Stranger Now especially, which I think is the highlight here. Those are all really good songs. They'll stand on their own. The rest of these, I gotta say, like, especially as I got to the back half of this, once I'm a Stranger Now is done, those last four, I was like, what, you know, this isn't even a long album. This is 39 minutes, and I get to waiting for my ghost, I'll be a sky, all I can keep is now. And I'm like, all right, man, like, these all sound the same. Look, it's still enjoyable, it's still pleasant enough to have on in the background. Upon close listening, this album doesn't really hold up. The no. Production's like too clean, I think you're right. It's a little toothless. At worst, it's boring and uncompelling. At worst, um, I still love Tallest Man on Earth. I'll still always
1: listen, but I think this is his worst album. It's been the one that I've been least compelled to go back to, sadly, I hate to say. Um, And it's it's sort of to not dwell on that, I I want to talk about these other albums a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to say, man, this Aldous Harding Mm. album, Designer, um, this is not an artist who is on my radar in any way. Had never heard of Aldous I, I, Harding. I, I, I think I'd heard of her. Don't think I had. Honestly, I had don't never think listened. I had. I think I'd heard in passing the name Aldous Harding. So I think this album is excellent. And I've been listening to it like kind of a lot. Um, really lush, beautiful harmonies on some of these songs. Especially Fixture Picture, the first mm. the first song. And then the vibe she's getting. She's exploring these like kind of... Sort of like outside influences in folk. Like, I think she references Nick Drake. Big time. A good amount on yep. here. On, like, The Barrel. Yep. And I've just been really digging the vibe on this album a great deal and her vocal style and the way she approaches the whole thing. This is one that's very worth checking out. I totally agree. I think
0: this this album's great. It's nine songs, 40 minutes. You mentioned The Barrel. That's been my favorite so far. It's the centerpiece of the album. It's the fifth track on it. I love it. Um, not a bad song on it. Um, to play devil's advocate, I will say you sort of have to be in the mood for this vibe oh, or the, this style of music, which you and I are most I, of the time. Well, I was just going to say, if that's the case, I just have been. We, we just kind of are. I will say that, like, for example, I was listening to this in the car ride home from work one night and I just wasn't quite in the mood. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but that, that's the case with any music, really. I think this album's great. Uh, I would highly recommend checking it out. This came out on the same day as this new Kevin Morby record yeah. as well. Oh my God. Called Oh My God. Now, I've been listening to Kevin Morby since... Singing Saw? Singing Saw, which came out... When was that? 2016, Jay? I believe so. As if
1: I... We've had the same trip with he's, Kevin he's Morby. He's been
0: on a nice little run here. 2016, Singing Saw. 2017, City Music. 2019, Oh My God. No, I, Can I ask you this? Were, yeah.
1: were you ever like all in on City Music? no neither was
0: I now there's a handful of songs on here I love I think Cry Baby's great I think One yeah, Two excellent. Three Four is really good I think Come To Me Now is a fascinating opener an atmospheric and like great opener then I think the song City Music an amazing jam I pop that on when I just want to hear like fucking sick guitar licks that yeah. are just like that song I think is the highlight I think that album's like good not great it's pleasant enough I actually think singing saw is really fucking good yeah oh yeah. i think singing song is great with songs like i've been to the mountain uh dorothy uh the song singing saw the title track yeah that album's great i think oh my god's right up there you do with, with singing Saw, I, I do um this the pitchfork review said it today and you know We all have our problems with Pitchfork, but I think they really summed it up. First of all, I don't agree with the score they gave. They gave it a six point two or something.
1: Pretty low, yeah. Pretty
0: low, especially because they've been very favorable to Kevin Morby in the past. They they gave Singing Saw Best New Music, and they gave City Music um, an eight even, I think, or an eight point one. I think Oh My God is better than considerably better than City Music. Okay. Now they mentioned. He's channeling gospel-era Dylan. Yeah. 100%. I get blonde-on-blonde vibes from this as well. He's wearing the Dylan influence on his sleeve so hard, but I don't care. Like, I love Dylan. I love this sound. I love the organs. I love the horns. I love the guitars. I love these folk rock melodies that he's weaving throughout. Like, he is just a songwriter. He's like, I have such a handle... On what I'm doing here. Maybe it's pastiche. It doesn't fucking matter. It's just really good. And these songs grow on you too. Like the first time I listened, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pleasant enough. It's Kevin Morby. He's going to put out pleasant folk rock. After a few more listens, you really start to hear like, oh shit, on songs like Seven Devils or Hail Mary. He's like really... He's going for it here. Then there's like these little songs like... um, Ballad of Fay, the second to last song that's basically just a jazz song like the yes. use of horns yeah. on here in saxophone and trumpet he's like leveled up a bit with that that was always present on some of these other albums but he's been like I'm gonna make this a vocal point now um Pitchfork was saying like oh this is t- channeling this past sound too much I disagree I think this has been Maybe his best album, maybe his strongest, most consistent songwriting on any of the albums I've heard. At least, highly recommend checking this one out too. I
1: I don't have a ton to add to that. I've, I've I've been enjoying it too. I've only gotten the chance to listen twice. I've been pretty I've been preoccupied actually with the Elvis Harding album a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, have definitely been liking this album more than I expected to based on like sort of everything with my past. That's m- always
0: the case with Kevin Morby though. I always like him more than I think I will.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like. It, 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 it's so true I'm, it's always like I like him in the past it's always been I like it more than I think I do but I don't love it okay th- that's a weird
0: place to be Not I'm not saying for you I'm saying for artists like Kevin Morby
1: it's the truth though
0: yeah because I, I find that with him I find that with a lot of other artists who are maybe good but not great rock artists yeah and I think that genre has now become less forgiving of just the good artists yeah because there's so much of it it's like you really have to stand out if you want to be considered
1: great but but what i was going to say is that where where this album's really been working for me is uh you mentioned dylan and you mentioned specifically blonde on blonde i had a nice little dylan resurgence last week um and i feel like it's almost it kind of bears mentioning as like almost a mini recommendation of the week to Go to, like go back and listen to Blonde on Blonde, either listeners or you know whoever, because it really is excellent. And like I, I was just so in. On do you have a favorite track off Blonde on Blonde as an adult now? E- Maybe that's
0: different from when you were younger.
1: Yeah, I, I think at this point my my favorite and the, and the biggest achievement on that is Visions of Johanna. It just is like such an interesting song and lyrically so dense with. Illusions and just like, and so interestingly written. Um, and yeah, I just, I was so into that. And I had this nice little run of just being very into, I listened to Nashville Skyline song, yes. I listened to like, just like, I just put on Dylan songs I loved. And as a result, like this Kevin Morby album was right in the wheelhouse of stuff I was it, like feeling 100%. like I wanted to hear. There's something about, not to go too far afield from Kevin Morby, but there, there's something about when you're into, in a Dylan phase, there's nothing that scratches not, the itch like no, that. Like it, it, it dude, Dylan was it just was a master. D completely agree. Do
0: you have a Dylan album that you have changed your opinion on drastically as an adult either oh. positively or negatively? As a quick tangent before we get to these rap It's albums.
1: really funny you say that. And I think I need another listener to, to bear this out. Think it's gonna be blood on the tracks, man. Oh, such an adult album. Because we have always talked about how we like it less than maybe Desire. It doesn't rank as high as we thought it should. I listened the other day, all the way through. Just just started it, listened start to finish. Dude, it's so good. It's like it really is. I've like always known that, and for some reason I never wanted to listen.
0: What song? Stood out to you this time around, a little bit older. That maybe didn't when you were younger, because my favorites had always been Tangled Up in Blue. Obviously, I love Shelter from the Storm. Um, I, I think, think some of those other ones are more challenging to get into.
1: I think more than necessarily a song, because I listened to that album a fair amount. Actually, I think yeah, m- yeah, yeah. More yeah. than any one song, it's just like it, I think what it is is like no moment on it relents. It, it's like true. it is like basically from start to finish, perfect. Yeah, and. I actually don't think that's something you can say about Blonde on Blonde, because Blonde Agreed. on Blonde is is excellent and it's like it's definitely fantastic. And you could argue it's his best album. My favorite is still Highway sixty one, but Blonde on Blonde has some of these like kind of blues tracks yeah. that I, like temporary like Achilles. Yeah, like
0: get that song out where, of here, or like even even that's if, a better album without that song.
1: Yeah, or even if you're in the wrong mood, like um, if you're not feeling something like. Uh, Oh, it's leopard skin pillbox hat. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. I no, like, I like leopard skin point. pillbox I hat. I do too, but and I, I know, know what you mean. You know what else I like, but despite it, is is pledging my time, which I think pledging is awesome. Pledging my time. But, but dude, we were, Mary-Kate and I were listening to that in the car the harmonica dude, in that song it's painful it's too much it's so high D- it, which it's is a like dog whistle which so high is what Dylan was when he was fucking playing it dude <laughs> yeah, there's no like, doubt. isn't that loud <laughs> he must he found the whatever the fur, rightmost hole in the harmonica yes. was yes. and pulled for 30 seconds <laughs> yes, straight did. and it's way too loud um, um i will
0: say so that's interesting about blood on the tracks i think it's a very adult album and i think it's interesting that you can go back with this different now I
1: almost didn't want to say it because it's so obvious it, that it would w- be that right, but it makes sense that
0: as you get a little bit older, Blood on the Tracks would be the one. Is there an album that prior to maybe this uh, rediscovery of it that you had listened to as much without like loving it as Blood on the Tracks? Oh, because that's the point where I'm like, all right, time to go back to Blood on the Tracks and see if I break in this time. Yeah and, that, and I've done that for years. Yeah. And I've listened to that album more than a lot of other ones, but like the the ratio of amount of listens to like my love for it is way off.
1: And as a result, as a result, you go back and you're like so familiar with the whole right. thing. Like, oh, I know this. You know what else I found when I was going through just like kind of random Dylan tracks? There's there, there's ones that like just feel very adult to like. Uh, yeah. Where I knew as a kid when I got into Dylan, I was like, I, I might like this later. You're right. Like this most recent re-listen, I was very into Tonight I'll Be Staying Here With You. Oh my God. Which yep. is like yep. such yep. a like and Lay Lady Lay. I was like, <laughs> yes. these are, man, these are adult <laughs> dramas, man. <laughs> these are like about love and relationships and the struggles of like making it through together. In the most adult sense, yeah. Well, yeah. and dude, like tonight, I'll be staying here with you. Like, the you know what line always has stuck out to me in that is when he says, Um, what's the line when he says, Uh, if there's a poor boy on the street, you can let him have my seat because tonight yeah. I'll be staying here with you. I love that uh, lyric, man. You know, you are inspiring me to go back and listen
0: to Blood on the Tracks. I have not listened in a number of years. I think it's probably the right time. I'm gonna go back.
1: It's really good. There's not a bum track. Oh, I, no, I know, I know,
0: I know. Uh, All right, let's get into some of these rap albums, Jake. Uh, April was a strong rap month. Well, pretty strong. Yeah, pretty uh, strong. Relatively strong. strong. Let's get one out of the way quickly. This new Schoolboy Q album came out last week called Crash Talk.
1: I did not listen, so you're going to get out of the way really
0: quickly. That's why I brought it up first. You're really not missing much with this. Now, Schoolboy Q, kind of a legacy rapper at this point. A lot of respect for him in the industry. And in general, people seem to really like Schoolboy Q. Um, I had never, I, I had heard songs here and there by him. I'd never really gotten into any of his big albums, but decided to check this one out mostly off of the strength of the single "Num Num Juice," which I really liked. Okay. Then he released a single called "Chopsticks" with Travis Scott. You know my love for Travis Scott, Jake.
1: Yeah.
0: I checked this out. This song sucks.
1: Really? It's so bad. Even Travis's affront-
0: part. His is the worst part. Ooh. He, the hook is like. He just says Chopsticks in Travis Scott voice. Chopsticks, Chopsticks. Like, it, it's so bad. You should listen to just that song to hear how bad it is. Well, I
1: want to listen to the good one, too.
0: That song is good. Num Num Juice is good. There's, like, one or two other decent songs on there. But the features that were on here, I was like, oh, like, I'm so excited for this. This is going to be, like, one of these fun, yeah. collaborative albums like rap albums that I'll keep going back to because I was looking at the track list and you know you had Travis Scott on there you had uh Ty Dolla Sign and YG on a song you had 21 Savage on a song Kid Cudi then you had Lil Baby showing up later you know my love for Lil Baby and Gunna all right like that's that can't be questioned no that's been
1: the biggest the biggest takeaway from this year in the podcast I have to say
0: this was all so average and mailed in I was like everyone's just like we are going to cash a check here for a feature. We are going to ride off the fact that Schoolboy Q is a respected name, and no one's really going to say anything that bad about Schoolboy Q. This album is as average as average can get with a rap album. I, I'm not going to go back. You know, I, Num Num Juice is a decent enough song. I'll go back to that one, but Crash Talk, not necessarily worth. Checking
1: out, yeah. Not I, even
0: for the features, because the features are mailed in and bad.
1: Yeah, I, I can't say it's overly surprising to me necessarily. I don't know, but Schoolboy Q, it's always been something where, like, on paper, I'm like, oh, I'd love to get into Schoolboy Q, because first of all, I think it has a lot to do with like Schoolboy Q is a great name, sick name, so good. Yeah. Um, but every time I've listened to Schoolboy Q in the past, I just it hasn't totally done it for me. It's not for me, I don't think. So yeah, not totally surprised by that. You know what? I have been liking Sean that, a great Jake? deal. Is uh, this Kevin Abstract album, ah, Arizona Baby? Me too. Um, really, really good, man. Like it's, it, like okay, it's not gonna be like an album of the year candidate. No, it's, it's, but it's, it's really strong, and it's uh, like with Brock Hampton, which Kevin Abstract is a part of. I, you know, he brings to the table on this album a lot of the things I loved about that Iridescence album that they dropped last year, the poppiness of it, and I get the feeling that. Whoever produced some of those songs on that album, I think are are bringing stuff to the table here with like the, the like he does a lot of stuff with like warped sounding electric guitars and like he's almost like kind of like a psychedelic pop rap yeah. and like that is so up in my wheelhouse. I've been really digging this album, man. I completely agree. I think
0: this album's great. Now, it, it seems to me. That Kevin Abstract is maybe positioning himself as the premier talent from Brock, coming out of Brockhampton, because there's other members of Brockhampton that show up on this album and are used in a way that is just right. Where I'm like, yeah, I want like this guy here now. But the the through line for Out is Kevin Abstract, and I went back and I listened to some other. Brockhampton songs, and I was like, you know what? Maybe that's just the case with Brockhampton too. They're at their best when that's happening.
1: It's always sort of felt to me, based on almost no information and just like the way I've perceived it, that he's sort of the leader of of Brockhampton. I have no idea if that's true. <laughs> I don't know enough about them. I know I like them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I
0: like Kevin Abstract a lot. I know I like this album a lot. I know I loved Iridescence last year.
1: That's a lot you know.
0: That's a lot of things I know about me now. This song, uh, this this album, 11 songs, 32 minutes, a breezy listen. We love that, especially when it comes to rap albums that yeah, can yeah. usually be bloated and way too long. Yeah, not I, the case here. I love that this is a half an hour. Um, no song is longer than three and a half minutes, basically. Right. Um, I love the song Georgia. I got so Georgia good. on my mind, Jake. Yeah. Uh, Corpus Christi, the song After, is great. You know what I really like, too? And this is not something that you normally see in rap music. I love how just, like, the lyrics about, like, his boyfriend. Or, like, yeah. he's like, I'm come chasing. He's yeah. just like, I'm, he just, I'm out here, man. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, he, say something about
1: it. He just goes for it. Yeah. I, I've, been, I've been appreciating that, too. It's a fresh
0: spin on, like, the tough guy, like, yeah. rap you're normally used to.
1: It is. And, like, the there's some sort of harrowing stuff on here, like, about yeah. like, the stuff he's had to face down as a result of that. Like, the thing about the... Knowing his teacher it's thinking homophobic yeah. slurs about him. And yeah, he's like he never said that to principal. me. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I found that Kevin Abstract brings something to the table that is like, it's really like in a in a it's it it's in a, in a wheelhouse that I really enjoy. Definitely this poppy sort of catchy, a little bit weird, a little bit uh, artsy. Some kind rock of
0: influences for sure. Yeah, and, it's you like, know, like that's it. Almost makes it too easy now. Did you tell me, when back when we were getting into Iridescence last year, did you tell me that, this might be a controversial thing, that
1: people say Brockhampton is rap music for white people? I've heard, like, I've seen, I think, memes and jokes about that. Okay, okay. Which, you know, like, that is, I mean, depending on your perspective, if you're Kevin Abstract, that's probably pretty offensive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's a kind of a weird thing to say, or if, have be like a...
0: A known thing, I guess? I don't know. That that seems weird.
1: Yeah, I, I think what it is is it has to do with, like, I think a lot of... Probably a lot of white hipsters like Brockhampton. Mm, yeah. And I think that's probably mm. just a trend people have picked up on and now are making fun of. Because the internet will make fun of anything if it's a trend. That's a good point. Of that's any a really kind. good point. But yeah, I've been, I've been really enjoying uh, Arizona Baby by
0: Kevin Abstract. Last rap album, Jake, and this one actually might be my favorite from the last month. It's really good. Um, is this new Woods and Seagull album... Called Hiding Places. Now, uh, I believe it's the rapper Billy Woods, who I'd never listened to before. Also was not on my radar at all. But I checked this out, you know, uh, just kind of through word of mouth where um, I heard this was supposed to be pretty good. Got a decent review on Pitchfork. Had generally good reviews overall. I don't even know how to describe this necessarily. It's like this dark kind of like there's a lot of rock elements to this album too there's like some big like guitars that come in on in certain songs and like how would you how would you even describe hiding
1: places to by- me to me this is a true rap album in an era where rap has has splintered into all kinds of different sounds and has gotten increasingly poppy and mainstream. Like to me, Billy Woods is a true fucking rapper who's not fucking around on this album. He seems that pissed is, off a lot of the time. It, that is what it feels he like. He has that vibe where like it's coming from like it's a coming from a guttural place. Yeah, and he's pissed about shit in the world, and he's fucking he's kind of like yelling about it. Um, not yelling, but it's like he his delivery is 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 not restrained. It's like he's really yeah. going for it. There's a lot of great songs on here. A couple that stand out to me are Houthi and. Yeah. Um, a day a day and a week in a year, which has that really nice hook from I think it's Mother Mary. Yeah. Um, those have been nice. SpongeBob is is SpongeBob a Spongebob f- the first track. It's great. And it's it's a funny hook too. SpongeBob the whole operation underwater. Yeah. Like that that's a great line. Uh, one of my favorites is Spider Hole. Um okay.
0: this is the one that has like the big like guitar power chords going in it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Couple moments I love here. Uh, I love this line that goes, "Felt like the internet snipers in the minaret." Is just it flows really cool, and it's like this crazy imagery where it's just like, "Felt like the internet that is now this place where like you're gonna get assassinated by people with just like their comments or whatever." Felt like snipers in a, in the minaret, you know, just yeah, like yeah. these people taking shots at you online, like anonymously, basically. I love that. Um, then. I love that Billy Woods is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quote the whitest show of all time at the end of this with the voice of, yeah, she's got her own game going on. What what does that mean? You know what it means. We all got our, game, our, our, our own games going on. What was that from? That is from the HBO drama series. Um, oh, my God. I'm blanking on it right now. It's... Uh, Succession, Succession. Okay, this first of all, Succession's awesome. Never watched it. Check that show out before it comes back for season two. It's fucking sick. It's only like six or seven episodes. It's an hour drama. It's about this family. It's it's meant to uh, mirror like the Murdoch family, basically. Like they own like they're like a media conglomerate, basically. Um, And it's just about how, like, there's these inner workings and politics of the family all vying for, like, the top CEO spot of this giant conglomerate. And you have the son, the daughter, like, multiple sons, then, like, the the patriarch. Um, So it's very interesting that this song is all about, like, power dynamics and how everyone has, like, their own game going. I love this song. That show is also very very good. I would highly recommend checking it
1: out if you get the chance. Will do. How about how about a, a, a Billy Woods? I always want to call him Robert Woods or to receiver for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yep, yep. Actually, now for the Rams. <laughs> who um, would even know? Yeah, who knows? Billy Woods taking a shot at Nas with this right? thing about like don't want to see Nas in a concert at Carnegie Hall or with yep. an orchestra at, mm-hmm. like, at Carnegie Hall. Man of the people, something something like his his whole thing there, like that dude. Like to me, like. I don't even understand the reference, and I'm, I'm like, that's... But you're like, fuck yeah, that's cool. I was like, that's interesting. Like, this guy's a real rapper, man. Yeah. He's like there's an edge to this album. There is- Dude, well, Billy Woods, I was looking into him. He's been around for a bit. He's- he has. He has and albums love- dating back to, like, 2000. I
0: love that on here, he basically acknowledges that, like, maybe he's not even that famous. He's, like, got a hold of the tape, like, no one heard it, or whatever. Or, like, tape dropped, no one cared. And I was just like, fuck, man, like... You've just been out here doing your thing, yeah. And then you put this out, and maybe it seems like that people are maybe listening to this a little bit more at this point. Maybe. I don't know, but "Hiding Places" by uh, Billy Woods, I would highly recommend checking this out. This is honestly up there as one of my favorite rap albums this year. It's up there with like Little Sims. It's up there with Gunna, Drip or Drown Two. It's up there with <laughs> um, my boy. Uh, you know, it might be, like, those two, to be quite honest with you. Rap, rap's gone off to, like, a slow start. There's good songs from this year. Like, I think some of those, a couple songs from, like, that 2 Chains album are good. Um, there's some decent songs from that Dave album, Psychodrama. But as far as, like, fully realized works, I, I think this, I think High Places might be the best
1: rap album of the year so far. I, I mean, I haven't listened Is that to... Crazy? I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. I what know. else is up there? Psychodrama is up there. Dave, Dave, psychodrama. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's okay. okay. I mean, that's like a pretty again. Like I think the, I, I like Billy Woods better. I do. That's totally fair. I think that in terms of a fully realized album with like like that album's pretty. It, you know, I think it, it's really something what what Dave pulled off with that album. I haven't listened to it in a bit, but like I don't know, it's a real accomplishment. I, I'm not. But again, I've been enjoying this album too, like a lot. I think the Billy Woods album is really cool. um Want to get to a few of these others here? Yeah, let's uh, let's, let's,
0: start... let's wrap up Hot Thoughts with some other albums. I, I want to mention one. I want to get one off, uh, out of the way first. Um, it's this new For the Throne album. Have you heard of this, Jake?
1: Yeah, but I haven't listened to it okay. at all.
0: Have you? I didn't listen to the full thing. I checked out a handful of songs from it. Um, this is an affront. This is awful.
1: Who's Did, on it? Who
0: isn't on it is yeah. a better question. Uh, the first song that I checked out from it was a collaboration between Travis Scott, The Weeknd, and SZA. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, That's... this song's gonna be sick. And it's called Power is Power. It fucking sucks. It's pretty bad. It's awful. Hmm. It's so boring. That's too bad. The Lumineers are on here. Ellie Goulding's on here. Aesop Rocky and Joey Badass are on here. Rosalia, Ty Dolla signed, Mumford & Sons, Matt Bellamy... Is on here. Of Muse. And you know who else is on here, Jake? The National.
1: That doesn't surprise me because they did... What's that song? Did they do Reigns of Casimir once? Mm-hmm.
0: They did do that. This is a completely original song. It has nothing to do with the show. Is it's it called Turn On Me. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. It's I mean, good. The National's not going to do a bad song. I like song. Turn On Me more than I like the new single that came out today.
1: Oh, okay. I, see, I worth checking out. I haven't heard it
0: yet. Um, I, I, you know, I haven't listened to a lot of these songs. I've only heard a few. Um pitchfork gave this not that like they're the be-all end-all but they gave it like a three uh which i thought was hilarious i would agree like this this is such a like monoculture cash grab yeah it's kind of silly uh so it's fucking stupid but i think it's funny because it just by the fact that it's in a game of thrones themed album and it has these huge names on it it's going to get plays but it's fucking terrible
1: yeah that's not surprising Couple other sort of random albums that came out. One is this finesse. Okay, he
0: ready? Are you yeah. ready for this? Ready? Three, two, one. Christian Finesh. 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 Christian Finesh. Christian Finesh. Oh. Christian Finesh. Christian Finesh. Christian Finesh. Christian Finesh.
1: Yeah. Christian finesh. Okay. Christian finesh. That makes sense with the S Z finesh. Yeah, like, yeah. Almost like check This album fucks. It's it's really good. It's a this nice, album is fantastic. It's an excellent ambient album. I'm I'm sort of confused as to whether his his sort of uh, nom de plume, so to speak, is finesse or C finesse. Um, I've seen it under both.
0: I think it was originally just finesse. So I listened to the album "Endless Summer" uh, from 2001. This was on fuck I, I i forget what list this was even on but I, I saw it on either like one of the best ambient albums of all time list or just one of the best maybe it was on some year-end list or whatever I, I don't remember that's an awesome album that album feels like those dog days of summer like the august humidity oh, nice. that album feels like that throughout that that has been my experience with finesh I love this new one too, Agora. It, this is so good.
1: I've been really liking it too. My favorite track so far is Rainfall, I think. The yeah. second track. Yep. Yep. Um Really liking it. There's not a ton to really dive into.
0: No, no. It's just like, if you like ambient, yeah. like atmospheric music, you're going to like this album. And I have been.
1: And actually, speaking of ambient, atmospheric music, I checked out the new album by Sun. I did not
0: listen. What What are your thoughts so, on this?
1: So first of all, this band is just called Sun. Not Sun-O? No. S-U-N-N. Okay. What that little symbol is, so it's like basically a zero or uppercase O with three parentheses. Yeah. Three closed parentheses after. They're it's na- they're named after Sun amplifiers, and the Sun amplifier logo looks like a little circle with like rings coming. Cool. Off it. So that's what it's all about. Okay. Sun. Um, they're an interesting band. They have like this long storied reputation amongst metalheads as um, they-, they have these incredibly loud sets. They play with amplifiers, I guess, all through the auditorium. Big shout to big friend of the pod Dan, one of my coworkers. Former boss. Of course, he, he's all in on it. Well, as soon as I was listening to it, I was like, I immediately was like, hey, what are your thoughts on Sun? And he had a whole <laughs> of course, litany of it. links and it. stuff to send my way. <laughs> I love it. Um,. I like this, and honestly, dude, I think you should check it out as yeah. just an ambient album okay. because it really just replaces whatever instrument you make ambient music with, with a very distorted guitar. Cool, but at the it's it's drone music. Yeah. It's like it's not aggressive and it's not like fast. Can I
0: say though, just the descriptor drone music makes me a little bit anxious.
1: It's it just it, it just like is a, it's their tones that like ring out. And lasts a long time. That's really what is meant I, by that. I know, but
0: th- and now th- this take is coming from someone who hasn't listened to this album yet yeah. and wants to. But just drone music. I'm just like, oh, there's going to be a buzzing, droning guitar in my ear the entire time. That's going to get a little bit old. So that, that's that's my fear.
1: So it doesn't. But I mean, the tone is nice. It's it's okay. it's like it's, it's melodic. In- it's incredibly distorted. It's like it's. Not even it's 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 truly ambient. Okay. It's like okay. It, it really is like not that melodic in the same way that like Agora is not really that melodic. Okay. okay. It's kind of like it. It's not, but it's not that dissonant, and it's not yeah. like oh, okay, okay, okay. It, these big swells of distorted guitar that build but it's slow moving and it kind of plods like at a glacial sort of pace. Okay. Um, there's no like screaming, there's no really singing going on. It was an interesting experience to check out. This was my first experience with sun at all. Um, and yeah, I, I'm gonna go back to it as just an ambient album, basically. Nice, because this nice. Is what they I, evidently like. What they they call themselves, I think, like Power Ambient or something. Okay, or like, or like, I, I like that. Something yeah. like that. So yeah, um, I, I I dug it. it. The album's called Life Metal, which is a cool. That's cool. Album that's name. Cool. The album cover is sick. Too. I did
0: see it. It looks fucking awesome. I'm gonna do my best to check this out. Um, before we get into our show and tell, Jake, and I think actually for this week we can probably skip 2010s and review and do this when we have more time time.
1: yeah
0: um i want to ask you we are a third of the way through the year now which seems insane so crazy i want to ask you what are the five albums that matter to you and i purposely didn't put this in the notes because i think this should be like a gut kind of reaction kind of thing what are the five albums in no in no particular order what are the five albums that matter to you so far in 2019?
1: Do you have yours? Yeah, I, you do. I do. do. you to go first just I, so do. I can look at my yeah, list Yeah, really um, The Teal I... album, for
0: sure. <laughs> By Weezer, absolutely. Um, yeah, I had mentioned uh, that Wise Blood album uh, earlier, Titanic Rising. That's yeah. definitely up there. Um, the Jessica Pratt album that came out very early in the year, Quiet Signs, is yeah. certainly up there as well. Um, I would also... Put, ah oh man, it's been such a strong year so far. I, you know, I do have to put that pup album up there. I, I think that's in the conversation right now in, in my top five. I've been going back to that since it's come out. I really, really enjoy it. I'm yep. putting pup in there. Um, I'm also putting <laughs> this this might sound crazy. That Solange album.
1: Yeah, I've no, it's a ba- I've been going
0: back to that Solange album a lot.
1: That's been a nice one to go back to.
0: I, I've been really enjoying that. Um, and then the other one is that four. That is four. Uh, you know, I'm gonna put Better Oblivion Community Center in there because, uh, you know what? Throw Better Oblivion Hand Habits actually. Hand okay. Habits is 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 right up there too.
1: Okay, so I think for me. It's Aldous Harding already.
0: Okay, I love that. I I think
1: already that's in there. I think it is... I would have Helado Negro.
0: Yeah, that's right there too for me. Better Oblivion, Hand Habits, Helado Negro are right there.
1: Yep, I would have... um, Let me see here, hold on. I would put... Interestingly enough, um, the James Blake album. Assume Form because songs from it have made it their way in. Totally. Definitely, um, Wise Blood, yep. and then my favorite mal- album of the year is still Jessica Pratt. Love it, the Quiet Science. Love so it. I think those are the ones. I mean, there's probably there's more than I could list off. Like
0: Girlpool was very, very solid. Uh, that Nivak album was really, really good. Yeah, um, you know, Halado Negro, Little Sims. I think Pup would be right outside my five. Okay. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, and like, I think there's been interesting albums, even outside of the ones that I love. Like, I think that Billie Eilish one was interesting. Um, I actually
1: really liked the Billie Eilish album. It's good. I didn't. Right? I, like, I, I know it's, it's pretty good. I only listened a couple times, but like, I think it's like really good. Yeah. Like so there's been
0: interesting stuff in parallel to the to the things I'm like really connecting with, yeah, and yeah. then you know Sharon Van Etten was the first one that kind of came out this year too. Like that's still a pretty big one. Great, that would be my top ten. You know, Deer Hunter put out a decent album too. So like it, it's been a very very strong year so far, um, and we're gonna excuse me get to release Radar in a little bit as well. But before we do that, let's talk quickly. Let's do a show and tell. Um, This was actually the first show that I had been to in a while. Me too. um, Was Foxing, which for me, I realized coming out of this show, which we saw in Boston at the Royale, uh, one of the more interesting, important, and enjoyable bands, I think, that are like peers of us, basically, that are around the same age. Like, we have The National and we have Vampire Weekend and, you know, these really big acts that are putting out music and are really like the kind of toast of the indie music world. It feels like Foxing has an opportunity to like get into that next generation of like, Oh, this is a band that matters. Yeah. It's weird. And I think we've mentioned this before, maybe even last year when we talked about near my God, it seems to me that coming out of that emo scene that we were really into a few years ago, with the modern baseball, sorority noises of the world. It seems like Foxing has almost, like once the dust has settled on that a little bit, seems to be like, oh, this is a band that's going to continue to make music and is doing it really well and has transcended that genre just in general.
1: Yeah, well, and is doing like pretty different things. I it, So in terms of a show and tell, I thought it was a great show. A couple things I appreciated. One, like they played their songs. They played them really tight. Mm-hmm. I thought especially the drums huh. sounded excellent, yeah. um, but they reproduced the uh, you know a lot of what are some pretty ambitious songs on "Near yeah. oh My God" really well, it's like a five-piece band. Yeah, I, I thought like did did a really good job with that. Um, and I also appreciated the fact that they did a pretty tight, lean set. It was only about like, forty minutes, maybe. Yeah,
0: yeah, forty to fifty minutes,
1: and they were off. Yeah. And like, and, and and there was no encore. There was no expectation of an encore, and like. I I I can't tell you how down with that I am. Oh, yeah. I'm so into Me that too. because I just think that concerts go on too fucking long, man. I really do. I mean, that sounds like the oldest man thing to say.
0: Well, I mean, we actually timed this out perfectly kind of yeah, like did. by happenstance. We got there and it was an earlier show in general, which I'm also so down with. Yep. Doors opened at six PM, people. That's early as fuck. Foxing was on by what? 8:30, 845?
1: Yeah. And honestly, we have never timed a show better. We went and got food. We kinda walked around. Got cannolis. Yeah. Uh, and, and then Cappuccino. Yeah, man. And then and then the, the four of us who went, we just we got there within 10, 15 minutes. The had band had just enough
0: time to find an area, do the whole thing. Are you going to get a drink? I'll, I'll, get a, I'll get a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get a drink. Right. Get a drink. Get back to the spot. Oh, the hey, the band's coming on. This is great. And, and there was that moment where we're like, well, wait a minute. Is this just the last opener? No, it was the headliner. That's the best feeling in the world. I, I've never timed it like that before. That was amazing ever. timing. It was wrapped up before 10 p.m., They sounded great. We wore earplugs. This was the most... You could read this as either, A, this was the most washed up experience at a concert we've ever had, or B, this was the most responsible like wheelhouse concert we've ever had.
1: I don't see why it can't be both, and I don't see why that's not okay. I agree. I, I think it
0: is both, and I think it is okay.
1: Yeah, it's totally fine, and honestly... Like, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I now again I'm all for supporting openers, but like sometimes I'm just not in the mood. Right. And by sometimes I mean I'm never in the mood. Almost never. Yeah, don't really want to watch an opener. Right. Just don't. And I always do. And this was like right. one time weeks just flat out skipped We're like, it. Nah, fuck that. Yeah. And it was it worked out it worked great. Worked out in our favor. But Foxing sounded excellent. They did. They're a great they, band.
0: Uh, awesome. Awesome. Uh I I've been listening to Dealer a lot in the last yeah. few weeks. I highly recommend that. Like, as much as I loved near my god I'm loving this not not as much not quite as much but like it's really good and they of their three albums like they haven't missed yet so foxing is, is great um, let's wrap up Jake we'll, we'll save our 2010s in review for next week when we have a little bit more time release radar the week of May the 3rd yeah two big ones we mentioned it at the top Vampire Weekend Father of the Bride Big
1: Thief UFOF yeah, I, this is one of the biggest weeks of the... Well, I mean, so in terms of pure volume, it's not that much. But in terms of but two albums that are coming out that are going to be pretty big, that's about as big a week as we could have. You know what's interesting? It, you know,
0: not really fair to compare Big Thief and Vampire Weekend, but I'm going to because Go their release date's the same day. Mm-hmm. It, it just gets me thinking. It My, my brain is like, oh, I'm going to like associate patterns or, you know... Just things with these two with these two artists who are grouped together for no reason.
1: Yeah,
0: Vampire Weekend seems to be a band that the first half of this decade really, really mattered. Yep, they haven't put anything out since 2013, which, which seems is like a crazy time ago, right? Yeah, it does. Big Thief, on the other hand, put out their first record in what was it 2016? It Masterpiece might have been 15, maybe maybe 15. I could be wrong. Could have been 15. I think it was 15. Now, it seems like it's like two sides of the coin, where Vampire Weekend owns that first half of the decade. Big Thief shows up and kind of fills this void that they left by not putting anything out. And again, these bands are so different and would never be compared otherwise. But I'm doing it here anyways, because Big Thief is a band... Yeah, Masterpiece came out in 2016.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, 2016.
0: Yeah, it came out in 2016. They're a band, though, who has, like... By hook or by crook, weaseled its way into being one of our favorite bands of the second half of this decade.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. in
0: the same way that Vampire Weekend established themselves as like basically up there with like the National and Arctic Monkeys and probably Arcade Fire as like the bands of the early
1: 2010s. Well, in a way that it, where it doesn't even really feel like the bands of that second half of the decade even really exist in a real way except that they're the same bands from the first half but a little less popular I
0: I think you could say The National have been the only one who have basically come out unscathed if not more popular now than they were then they've maintained they're they're, the biggest indie band right now The National they're bigger than this sounds insane to say they're bigger than Vampire Weekend they're bigger than Arcade Fire they're bigger than
1: Arctic Monkeys I wonder whether they're bigger than Arctic Monkeys in the US they are in the US they are worldwide I think they probably Probably are probably not what? I, that, I think, that's clo- I, I don't know. I think saying that would really underestimate how you're right. fucking you're massive right. AM you're was right. and how much like. But I agree with you. I mean, I think they're the one that, that they've. Uh, it, it's between them. They've been the most consistent I think you're right. throughout that time. Um, and yeah, man, like Big Thief has been a really solid band to go back to, and their albums have been consistently good. I have a feeling this one's going to be like their best. I think so too. I'm so excited for it. Me too. Which one are you more excited for? Father of the Bride or the new Big Thief? Um it, I mean it's it's for different reasons. I mean, I think it's Vampire Weekend by a little bit, just because of all the history and how long the wait has been. Let me
0: ask you, let me let me frame it this way. Because yeah. I was listening to uh no, I was I was reading the album of the week review for Big Thief. And yeah. I was reading the premature evaluation on stereo gum of Vampire Weekend. Both were glowingly positive. It feels like and this might just be me, I'm putting pressure on myself to enjoy this new Vampire Weekend album in a way I'm not doing with this Big Thief album. And just by having that mentality, I'm going to enjoy probably the Big Thief one more because there's less weight and expectation to it, which I hate when this happens. I would
1: challenge you to combat that feeling. I'm
0: really... I'm mindful of it. I'm very aware of it. In years past, I think I would have gone into this release week not as conscious of it and would have come out being like vampire weekend washed up i'm going in being like no i want to love this vampire weekend album but by doing that am i actually setting myself up for failure
1: uh it's a fair question it's a fair question maybe maybe you are i don't know I, i i don't even really know what to expect except that the singles i've i feel like they've been decent to good in some cases there's none i hate there's there's None I love. love. <laughs> There's none I like. <laughs> <laughs> but I like generally No, they're all, they're all like like solid. All yeah. No, so if it's, if it's what I'm more purely excited for, it's Vampire Weekend. It's been 6 okay. years. They were one of my favorite bands from that from from the early part of the decade. But when you when you click play on Spotify on Friday morning, are you
0: which one when it starts? Are you going to be like I'm feeling a little something extra from this where I need to like I, I feel like it's gonna be that vampire weekend album where you're like there's more there's higher stakes to this album.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, no, I, I relate to that feeling. I know that. I, I I know what you're saying, and I uh that's part of the excitement. It is. That's part of the anticipation. It is it's like shit man, it's been six years. It's this double album. They're finally back. Uh you know, and they're a band that was important to me at an age where bands really can't do that to me anymore, no, no, in the same no. way, and, Not that's, quite. That, and
0: that's that's sort of what I was getting at with the big thief comparison is like
1: even Vampire Weekend probably can't do it anymore. No, they can't. You know, in like... the
0: Nas- like the National when Trouble Will Find Me was coming out, there was like no band that mattered more, and every single piece of news or hype or whatever that came out about it, I was consuming that. Right. This time around, like. The whole album exists as a live concert right now that I could easily access online. I would never watch, watch it first that way. I would have done that if it was Trouble Will Find Me in 2013. Yeah. I would have. I have no interest in doing that right
1: now. No, I, I'd rather hear just the album. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather do that first. So, I mean, like to answer your question, like I'm super excited for both. I have a feeling. Excuse me, I have a feeling Big Thief. Maybe a little bit better. Yeah, but there, it's going to be better in such a different, different way. different ways. Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Because there could
1: be—I don't know—that there's band, two bands going for more different <laughs> I know, things. I know.
0: Well, you know, based off of this Stereo Gum uh, review, it, it does sound like there's a good amount of like folk-based songs on Father of the Bride. Interesting. Um, and they were also saying that this screams ezra solo project more so than any vampire weekend release in the past
1: that is the way i had been feeling about all the singles like he dude the other t- the two chrises who are in the band they're barely mentioned in the notes for the six yeah. songs that he put out yeah. already but it, he's I, I'm collaborating reading...
0: with the heim sisters he's bringing in other people like
1: it feels you know... like vampire weekend is e- ezra koenig Yeah. And those other two dudes, like they play drum and drums and bass yeah. in the band. Yeah. And like if wherever he wants to go, whatever experimentation he wants it. to do. Yeah. And like now, even with uh, Rostam, he's it, just. It did seem like
0: Rostam was the other guy who would maybe push things in yeah. a certain way, or, or or would match Ezra's creativity. And now that he's gone doing his own thing, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I mean, like it's been positive so far. I'm I'm very excited. I actually am encouraged. By this stereo gum review, and I actually think this album's gonna be sick. Yeah, I do.
1: I really do. I have honest to god like almost no idea what to expect except the songs we've heard because they've been so different than right. one another. I I really don't like know what to expect, and I I, I maybe won't even read that review just because I kind of want to go in blind.
0: Yeah, like you know what? I I think I'm I'm glad I did because yeah, it, that's good. It, it shifted my perspective to a more positive one than maybe it would have been before after only hearing the singles, which I didn't really connect with.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair.
0: Uh, so that wraps up this episode. Uh, coming back after a three-week hiatus. We had a lot to talk about, but we will be back next week to talk about <laughs> uh, the new Vampire <laughs> Weekend album, the new Big Thief, and whatever else... We want to talk
1: about. That's right. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco, man. Yeah, not really a big deal. Find your beach, Corona. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Bye. right, we're on the mic. Back after a brief hiatus.
0: It's been a little bit.
1: Yeah. The has last been a time bit, but it was we, deserved. we were
0: on the mic, we were very excited about watching Apocalypse Now. Kinda of breezed through the show. Um that night. And it's funny too, because Wise Blood is my album of the year right now. Mm-hmm. And that was the episode we talked about it, and I was just like, I want to watch Apocalypse now. Yeah. And I was like, let's get through this.
1: Well, I mean, I felt like we had our usual, like, it's one week in takes.
0: Yeah, and there's only so much you can say after a week. I'd probably have more to say now, but maybe not, though, because I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's I've really, listened it's, a lot. It's
1: really, really good. Um, but
0: when we left the listeners last, I was missing my sunglasses,
1: Jake. Well, yeah, well. It, they it, were it,
0: immediately found the next day. Which is great. And then you found my umbrella, which yep. has been missing for like six
1: months, maybe. Yeah, something like that. It was in it was in uh, Mary-Kate's trunk. I think probably from a trip we all took somewhere. Yep. God knows where. Yeah, I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Um, and uh, it, we'll probably just have it in our apartment for another six months. I know,
0: before yeah. I remember. By the
1: time you remember or I remember yep. that it's there and that it has to be returned to you. Uh, a similar thing. We've had one of Josh's shirts for a big friend of the pod, Josh. We've had one of his shirts. So, Josh, if you're listening, spoiler alert: he's not. He's not right now. He's not anymore. It's fine. It's, it's okay. okay. It's it doesn't, doesn't okay. matter. He was a valued matter. listener for a yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah, he fell off the wagon. I probably would have too. Uh, but, Josh, if you are listening for the first time in a while, I have your shirt. Uh, it's a it's a J Crew sort of a Medium dark blue. Mm-hmm. I think it's a chambray. It has oh, kind of like the.
0: I know this shirt. I've seen him wear it. I, think, I know exactly what you're talking I, about. It's a long sleeve. Yes.
1: Um, yeah. And so we've had this shirt. I, I don't even know why we had a shirt of his. I'm trying to remember what we like occasion he would have had to. Oh, 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 oh. We went up to Maine to visit Max yeah. and Carrie. Right. And I think he got mixed up in our bag or something. Yeah. I don't know. But it's a New Year's. We've had it for five months. Wow, yeah. Wow. Um,
0: wow. So, yeah. Um, big news on my end, Jake. Mm. Uh, so, I, I've gotten into this mode of really loving uh, olive oil and rosemary, either crackers or chips. Okay. Now, there's this specific brand of chip called Deep River Snacks. Oh, okay? I love Deep River Snacks. They make an excellent rosemary olive oil okay. kettle chip. I've... You can't find it anywhere besides this one sub shop out in portsmouth that i go to for lunch this is where i got hooked on these i found them today finally at bunny's superette by my apartment i came home i ate them i was like damn these are so good these are delicious i looked them up online i ended up buying 12 bags on amazon because that was the least amount i could buy bought them on amazon they'll be here friday you're getting a bag oh Um, dude thank you yeah i I really
1: appreciate that how what size bags are they
0: uh so it it says it's a five ounce bag now the one that i ate today was a two ounce bag and it was a slightly bigger than normal just like individual size chip so i'm thinking it's going to be pretty close to like a larger bag of chips maybe not quite as big as like a standard Lay's I bag. I think the size of Nut's this. bag, but, like, it'll be maybe slightly less. You know what it's gonna probably be like are those kettle chips. Yeah, yeah, It's probably gonna be, like, in that size One of those, bag. One of those yeah, of like 12 of them coming, uh, Oh, sweet. in the mail. Well, I, I can throw you a cup. I can <laughs> No, you no, some. no. You, you'll just take some. I just wanted the chips. Okay, I'll, I'll share okay. them. Alright, I uh, appreciate I'll, I'll, that. I'll mail them to any listener who, um, gets into contact with us. That'll be, like, the new prize.
1: See what, I'll give listeners more
0: for listening to one I'll episode. give them $100. <laughs> no, I won't do that. I'll give them a bag of these chips, though. If, if you if I you will. listen and you
1: tweet at yeah, us, yeah. we'll mail you a bag of, yes. what is it, a Deep River? Uh,
0: Deep River uh, rosemary, rosemary and olive, olive
1: oil, oil kettle chips. Delicious. Dude, like, honestly, that's worth tweeting at us for. De- one hundred percent. They're May- hard to find. These chips yeah. are hard to find. All you have to do is pay for postage. So that's that's kind of my big update. Very nice. Um, I don't think I have anything else. No, that's okay.
0: Tiger Woods won the majors. NBA playoffs are underway. Game of th- Thrones is underway.
1: Jake, Game of Thrones is underway. It's been pretty good. Yeah, uh, so. yeah, yeah. It's been pretty good. We, you know, but I, what I forgot was last year we did like a pre-show Game of Thrones recap. We did we ca- we every did. single. Who year? has the energy? No, Ooh, has the energy not for I. that? And we had big friend of the pod, Josh, whose shirt I have on a couple episodes. Oh my god! To be our maester. That was literally a year and a half ago, though. Yeah, it feels because, like a while ago. Well, it was. Yeah, the show it hasn't was been on since
0: 2017. So yeah, mm. um, but yeah, it's been it's been good so far. Battle of Winterfell happened. No, no huge deaths really.
1: No, Jorah. Do
0: you think Jorah or Theon? Spoiler alert: Jorah or Theon? Who's the bigger death?
1: I mean, so Theon, I think has been in more scenes. I think Jora has a bigger place in people's hearts and people care about Jora yeah. more I certainly do yeah Jora's in the camp of like Davos for me where I really yeah. like both those characters. they're just like cool yeah um and they have cool voices Jora Khaleesi. and he's the only one who
0: calls her Khaleesi so. still yeah. and she's
1: like, hey, like that's this that's like your friend calling you a nickname. you know what that is that's like um when you go to somewhere like like a bar or like a restaurant after you've been drinking and someone you see from high school for the first time in a long time calls you a nickname that no one calls yeah. you anymore because they haven't seen you since then. Right. One I get all the time is just shitting me from football. <laughs> football players see me, they're like, hey, just shitting me. And I'm like, <laughs> "Like, dude, I, it's not. this is not like my thing. Like, That's not right. something I've ever called myself <laughs> right. or
0: thought of myself as. <laughs> right. I love that it was that ubiquitous of a nickname that
1: people remember to call you that, that is a decade what, later. That is what I was called by all football wow. coaches. Wow. Except like a couple. Like, that's what they called me, that's dude. Like,
0: high school football coaches are another breed. Playing football at
1: any level is a dumb decision. It's crazy. And I should not have done it. If your kid... I think we've probably asked this no. on
0: the podcast before. If they were like, I'm going to kill myself if I can't play football.
1: I'd be like, you're going to kill yourself if you do play They're, football. Yeah, you're going to like shoot a hole through your fucking chest from CTE. <laughs> like, so no. Do it now while you're healthy. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Jake Jr. <laughs> Jake Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you...
0: You do not strike. You'd be the last person to name your kid yeah. your name, Junior. Junior. <laughs> you would never, ever do that. <laughs> I would do that before you would, and I wouldn't do that either.
1: No, I definitely wouldn't do it. And no, I would never. Dude, okay, and if, if I have a kid and they're cut even remotely from the same cloth as me, they'll not want to play football. You played football, though. That's I the n- thing. But I never wanted to. But you did it. Yeah, but I didn't like it, and I never wanted to be doing Maybe it. your kid. Maybe this happens to your kid.
0: You need to empower your kid to be like, "Hey, I don't want to do this, and that's okay." The, so speaking of naming your kids your name, yeah. On my dad's side of the family, there's now been at least three generations of Jim or James,
1: which is an easy name. My to grandfather,
0: pull off. my uncle, my dad's oldest brother, and now my cousin are all Jim. How, or James Howe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, where do we stand? Is Jimothy a real name? Or is that just a joke? No, it's a joke. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. no, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> no.
1: Okay, okay. It's funny. It is Jimothy. Jimothy. <laughs> hey, Jimothy. It sounds like it worked. Yeah. It I sounds know. real. It sounds just like Timothy. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so we watched Apocalypse Now about a month ago. That movie's fucking sick. Um, I, I still need to watch the director's cut. Um, honestly, that's like catapulted into one of my favorite movies now. Uh, Apocalypse Now. So good. Apocalypse Now.
1: Yeah, we can discuss it briefly if you want. I I mean, uh, if
0: you haven't seen it by this point, I mean, just go fucking see it.
1: Here's what I'll say. I thought it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, Really haunting. Yeah portrayal of the horrors of war. It was one of the most nihilistic movies I've ever seen where it just felt like totally, like, the consequences for things were at, like, it was. It just felt like things just sort of happened in the movie. And what I appreciated about it, we talked about this, the plot is pretty straightforward. Yeah. But that's not the important part. No. All the stuff that happens and all the shit that these guys see and how fucked up they are from it. Um, it's beautifully, beautifully filmed. Yeah. Like, oh, it
0: looks gorgeous. The, the colors. the The idea of straddling the line between good and evil. Like this, this movie it can be summed up as duality of man, or you know, the constant struggle between are we good, are we evil, whatever. There's a lot of imagery throughout about that, and I think what I keep coming back to is the the surfing, the quote unquote surfing, yep. uh, scene where. You know, the, the the colonel in the calvary, cavalry unit unit in the helicopters is, like, obsessed with surfing. And you can read that all as he is straddling the line between good and evil. And that is kind of the crux of the movie where um, Colonel Kurtz at the end is basically saying, like, the Viet Cong ha- are, are fighting for their land, their families, themselves. And, like, they're going about these savage acts in a way that actually isn't evil or without judgment basically right and he's like give me just like you know a handful of american men who have that mentality and we'd have no problems here and that's kind of like the mentality that like the cavalry unit has adopted of like we're straddling this line we're just doing our jobs really well with no judgment basically yeah it's that idea of just like can we surf? Can
1: we like divide these two things and and walk this knife edge of no judgment? It it, it's a, it was a brilliant movie. Robert Duvall is awesome, awesome. as that character. Marlon Brando's is obviously an unbelievable. Margene carries it. Great. The, the story behind Brando's performance is crazy. Like he showed up. Obviously way overweight, totally unprepared, hadn't read the script. (laughs) Really? He changed his name in the script a couple times. And then they changed it back once he read the book it was based on and understood (laughs) why he was called Kurtz. Um, So I found this out on IMDb. I don't know if you saw this. When they show the water buffalo being killed. Yeah. It's a real water buffalo. Yeah, I've heard that. That's a real, like... like, Ritual being performed. Right. So when you see that thing getting its fucking head cut off from the shoulders up, that's really happening to a creature. Unreal. It's fucking crazy. Unreal. Made me a little uncomfortable oh, when I rewatched for it. For sure. Uh, Excellent film though. Yeah. It really, really quick. The other thing I felt bad for was that little puppy in the yeah. in the boat. Oh yeah. When they were like moving it back and forth, I was like, "There's no way that Coppola and '70s filmmaking that they were like being careful with this little dog." God no. They probably were really. That dog probably up. died, like, during yeah. filming. Yeah. <laughs> <It>
0: probably, <laughs> you know? Like, it, it probably it, it, did.
1: It grew into the water buffalo.
0: Yep. They're <laughs> like, well, let's cut that head off. Uh, great, 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 great yeah. movie, though. Um, excellent. Excellent. So, I think we can probably dive in now,
1: huh? Yeah. Let me turn. your are down a touch. Okay. Okay. I think we're both coming in a little hot. Okay. That's all right. No matter. That's totally fine. No matter is a really funny no matter phrase. Well, no matter. Uh, All right, we got we kind of a lot here. We do. Yeah. We can fly through some. Yeah. yeah. We can. Yeah. yeah, Twenty minutes to each individual topic.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Okay. Let's let's go ahead and dive in. Three, two, one.